Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. Yeah, just, I mean, I think it's super important that you remember that people don't remember what you say or do. They only remember how you make them feel. Um, you know, that's what I've learned in wrestling. It's not about what I'm saying or doing. It's about how I make people feel. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 34th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corson. Alongside my co-host, Bjorn Webb, we are so pumped to have you today with our episode with The Brickster. The Brickster is... Probably one of our most fun and entertaining guests that we've had on the sweat room yet. But he just talks about what's it like to be a Christian in the professional wrestling world. And he's also a judge of the show called The Masked Wrestler. Somebody like, is it like The Masked Singer? Yeah, exactly. It's like The Masked Singer, but with wrestlers. It's pretty awesome, pretty epic. This guy's an awesome dude. You guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. And just as a reminder, our, if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. We learn from the high school athlete to the professional athlete. And it's a reminder that you as a listener, that you have a story, you matter. It's just everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. And this is another great episode that we're so excited to share with you today. And as a reminder for our guests that we like to say, if you don't have pen and paper out for this episode, do it. There's some great things that the Brickster is going to share with you today. You guys are really going to enjoy this from him. So just as a reminder as well to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And if you haven't checked out our social media platforms, do it. We're at Sweat Room Pod on Twitter and Watermark Sports on Facebook and Instagram, and go check out our blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. All that will be at the show notes at the bottom. And so, without further ado, here is our conversation with Ricky Perillo, a.k.a. Mr. Brickster. We want to welcome to the sweat room Ricky Perillo, a.k.a. Mr. Brickster. Ricky, thanks for joining us today. What's up, guys? <laughs> all well with everybody. Hope everyone's... Uh, Spreading love, not spreading germs, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. I, Amen. Lo- I love it. Ricky, you, you mind telling us just a, a quick two-minute summary of yourself? Sure, yeah. So I'm a guy born and raised out of Buffalo, New York, uh, a little uh, – well, not little, but kind of suburb called West Seneca. I grew up uh, – and basically, you know, kind of just pursued sports and, you know, entertainment and everything like that. Um, when I got in my uh, young 20s, I did a reality TV show um, called Isle of New York, which uh, was a really, really cool opportunity for me. It ended up being one of the biggest reality TV shows in uh, VH1 history and uh, just reality TV itself's history. I uh, rolled that out for a little while. Uh, I didn't really know who I was. made a lot of bad decisions. Um, that's kind of when I, I came into meeting. I think that's when I probably got saved. I got saved when I was younger in my life, but after I made a bunch of bad decisions in my uh, 20s, I actually started following Christ. Mm. And then from there, I met my incredible wife, started serving, got into ministry. I was in the workplace for quite some time. And then, yeah, maybe about half a decade ago, I decided that... Uh, I felt called to be a professional wrestler. So I gave up everything instead of pursuing the wrestling dream. And um, with that, we felt called to move to Nashville, Tennessee. 
And me, my wife, and my boy packed up and loaded a U-Haul. And we never looked behind and we moved to Nashville. That is awesome. And you currently live in Nashville, correct? Yeah, it's called Spring Hill, but it's like 30 minutes outside of Nashville. Um, so, yeah, so we uh, had the opportunity to come down here and we were pretty close to the city, about 10, about 10 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, and then after realizing what we could get um, in Nashville, a little bit outside, so we're like 30 minutes outside, yeah. we decided to uh, build a house and we're blessed and we're just cool. we're really grateful. So are you, are you the biggest Bills fan in Nashville? That's the question. Well, you know, Nashville has got a lot of people that aren't from here. So there are a lot of people that uh, are Bills fans. And there's quite a bit of people from Buffalo that did move here and things like that. Um, I, I would say I'm definitely one of them. Um, definitely the <laughs> hypest Bills fan. Oh, for you know, sure. when, uh, when the draft came here uh, a year ago, uh, I was running those streets, cutting promos, doing all that for Sports Center and, and ESPN <laughs> and all that. It's kind of this like little uh, Bills Mafia mouthpiece. So, Love so it. yeah, uh, I'm Bills Mafia all day. I'm Buffalo Kids uh, all day. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm super happy to represent Buffalo, not living there. Mm, yeah, cool. awesome. I love. It. Well, hey, we're we're glad to have some fans down there, and they can, they can represent us on either if the drafts there or if the they're playing the Titans or anything like that. So we appreciate you. Yeah, man, and like, uh, I mean, the Titans are a pretty cool team too. Like, even though I'm Bills Mafia and stuff, the Titans been pretty cool to follow. Um, you know, and the fact that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're just kind of more of an underdog team, and sure. Um, sure. they've came a long way. So, but yeah, I'm Bills Mafia all day. That's my number one, and I try to make sure I go to the games and always Love perform. Cool. So, so for you, what? was there like a moment that sort of sparked your interest in becoming a wrestler and do it as a career or how did that kind of come about? That doesn't seem like just everybody has this dream of like just one day, boom. Yeah. I want to be a pro wrestler. Like how'd that happen for you? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so I think as a young kid, I always knew in my heart, in my blood, in my veins that I was, uh, I was an entertainer, if that means something. And, for years, I would go places with my family, with my wife, with uh, my friends, and I would get called a professional wrestler. So uh, I have that look and kind of that type of energy as a professional wrestler. So I'd go places, like say I would go to like, uh, you know, Taste of Buffalo or something like that. And then all of a sudden, like a kid would run up to me and be like, are you, yeah, 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 some type of wrestler. And I would say no and break their heart. Well, I mean, that was going on. That was going on for years, right? And then I always loved professional wrestling because I got brought up on it from my dad. It was like kind of a, a bonding thing for me and my dad. And then um, I was sick of being in like, I was just sick of working for the man. I was sick of working for people that didn't care about me. I was sick of just being put in that, you know, that professional workplace where, you know, people just don't really even value who you are. And like, I was investing all my time, energy, and you know, everything I had into it. And I was just like, man, it's time I start doing me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just praying about it. And, you know, I just was like, man, I'm a professional wrestler. So I believe that this is something I should pursue. And I told my wife, she was definitely not <laughs> like for it. Um, it's hard to tell your girl that you want to go wrestle around in your underwear. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's super hard to tell a girl that and get support. Um, 
you know, I want to be half naked, wrestle body, some guys sweating in my underwear. She's like, nah, that that's weird. Um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, God changed her heart in it. And, um, that's cool. You know, I got us, I got an opportunity to be a professional wrestler. The reason why I wanted to do that mainly was because when I first did TV, I really didn't um, do much with it. I was kind of just, uh, you know, just a, an ignorant young kid. Um, but now like everything I do has a message with it. So I decided to bring, you know, create this big character, Mr. Brickster, and he's larger than life. And yeah. he's all about bringing people together and much like Legos, no matter the shape, size or color we come in, when we come together, we could build great things. Mm-hmm. So like now all of a sudden wrestling wasn't just me in the ring, you know, body slamming guys. It's explaining to kids that, you know, they, they're, you know, they have a purpose and they're, they have worth and you know um we're all equal and it's kind of this whole character that's what's needed now in 2020 you know it's a character that brings everyone together that doesn't see um that isn't racist that just is compassionate and loves people and you know like everyone has a purpose so it was just a cool it's, it's basically my ministry right i mean that's what it is it's just in the workforce what what inspired you to have the name the brickster or as it's mr brickster that's your wrestling name correct yeah and my attitude's starting to change so it's probably going to like it's probably going to brick i think i think like all cats <laughs> brick is kind of who i am now if i look yeah. at my name I, uh, Mr. Brickster, I was Ricky growing up, so I was the Rickster. And then, you know, I started doing this, this like little like, it was just kind of like a vibe check that I got into and I started doing, and it was all about, uh, you know, me rocking these Lego bow ties and I made them, you know? So for years, for like the last decade, right? I made these Lego bow ties and I would wear them to events, to weddings, you know, whatever type of event I go to. I mean, people just really enjoyed them. So um, me and my brother had a little bit of like a a business kind of, you know, venture back then. And we did like photo booths and stuff. So I was like, oh, let's be the bow tie boys, you know? (laughs) So I'd go places, I'd wear these Lego bow ties and we'd do some of our stuff. Got a great response. And I was like, man, I'm going to start, you know, really perfecting these. So I perfect these Lego bow ties. So these Lego bow ties were kind of a symbol of who I am as a person, as far as, uh, you know, just my personality. Mm. And yeah, so that's kind of where the brick came from, right? So Mm. the brick came from the Lego part. And then, you know, Rickster was kind of my name growing up. So Mr. Brickster, I went with, uh, but I tell you, man, my attitude's changing a little bit. So it's just going to probably be brick in capitals right now. <laughs> all right. I like it. I love it. Yeah. So because like it was, it was Legos and all that in the beginning of my career. And then as time went on, it started turning into actual bricks and you know, that's kind of where it is right now. So, um, you know, it's just character evolving. It's cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's so cool to hear. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know any of that. So that's really, that's really interesting. Uh, So for you, uh, who are some of the people that have sort of guided you along your journey in becoming a wrestler, you know, mentors, leaders, friends, whoever that have sort of guided you in this journey? Yeah. So, um, you know, when I was in Buffalo and I was doing my original training, I, um, I ended up getting some training mentoring from Lex Luger. 
Um, I met him through church and he's kind of been through my journey and helped me, helped me out a lot. Um, especially with and the just reminder of some of our listeners who don't know that world a little bit, who, who is Lex Luger? Cause I, you, I know a little about Lex Luger. Fill, fill us in on how big Lex Luger yeah, is. Yeah. So Lex Luger is like one of like the, um, founding fathers. I mean, well, wrestling has been around for a long time, but he was, uh, in the business in the eighties and nineties. Uh, he was the total package, the narcissist Lex Luger, probably arguably the best body in the business, strongest. Uh, he ended up slap, slamming like Yokozuna. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that or, or whatever it is. He was part of, you know, working with Ric Flair, one of the best in the business. You know, he, he won the belt from Hulk Hogan. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, you know, Hall of Fame worthy for sure. Um, and uh, a guy that was just really you know, a huge superstar in the wrestling business. And when I got the opportunity to meet him, because I looked up to him as a kid, it was just great. And that the, the most important part about it was, is, you know, now he's a believer, you know, so I got the opportunity to get some, some wisdom and stuff from him as a believer uh, on the business side and everything. So he's a, he's a big part of, you know, kind of my story. Uh, and then I trained in a school up in Buffalo called grapplers anonymous, which is, uh, probably one of the best schools in the country uh people wouldn't even know that it's right in the you know right in Lackawanna um and I had people like Mikey every night Brandon Thurston Chris and you know uh the Blade which is Braxton Sutter do a lot of my trainings from Colin Delaney so these are guys that kind of been around and and you know they're in the business now and then when I felt called by God to move to the south I linked up with a guy named Kerry Awful which he's one of the carnies and he's been doing this voyage, this journey of wrestling for years. And I just learned from people all over. I learned the Northern aspect. I learned the Southern aspect. And then before you know it, you know, I'm just traveling all over the East coast and just meeting tons of people and working for all different promotions and doing all different cool projects. And, um, you know, but those are the guys that got me in the business. Those are the guys that I always look, uh, I pay respects to all the time. Um, yeah, but you know, some guys that like growing up to, you know, were just those big, huge, the stinger, you know, macho man, Ric Flair, gold dust, uh, just guys that, uh, were larger than life. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So just as, as you mentioned there that, you know, when you got connected with Lex Luger and, uh, you know, found out, you know, he's a believer, met him through church, yada, yada, yada. And he was able to give you some advice, like as a believer in this business, what, what were some of the words that he maybe shared with you or some of the things that you learned through him, um, about being a Christian in this type of business? So I did it very unorthodox. The way that I am as a Christian is very unorthodox too. Um, I believe it's all about how you treat people. I believe it's all about how you uh, be selfless to people, how you be encouraging, how you always spread love. Um, so I, I'm all about using those type of methods. Um, and, um, I just believed that that is the best way for people to see it. So I just love on people unconditionally. I make them feel valued to make them feel special, um, especially in a dark place in wrestling, trying to be a light is very, very, um, very difficult at times because people, you have all different kinds of characters mm -hmm. and a lot of them, you know, might've had like a, a bad 
moment in their life with with religion or Christianity and all this stuff. So they're definitely like kind of guard up, guarded up. So the only thing you can do, I think, is just constantly pursue people and make them just, you know, valued, check on them, encourage them, especially in a business that doesn't put people over. And uh, I think that is the best way to do it in any business. Just love people, make them feel valued, let them know you're there. You know, you don't have to Bible beat them. Um, because I think people just want to see who's authentic. Mm, that's so good. Ricky, I'd love just for a little of our listeners just to know, um, you have an amazing testimony and I would just love, um, just, just our listeners. How did you really come to know Christ? Uh, I think I came to know Christ. I was uh, running with some bad people back when I was doing TV, when I was in my early twenties, um, ended up getting caught up in a situation that obviously, you know, put me in a other bad situation. So, um, ended up, uh, you know, just getting caught up in some bad stuff with some some tough people and I just kind of hit a rock bottom moment where I didn't really know who to turn to or know what to do but I always knew that God was uh the pinnacle of my life I always knew that I was a believer I always believed in him not so much followed him so when I hit rock bottom I just kind of looked every you know everywhere and realized how empty it was and I looked to God and yeah, he just slowly, slowly got me back on my feet and got me involved in doing things I felt I was created to do. And, and, uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of what it was not to say that I think that's for everybody, but yeah, it was one of those typical rock bottom moments, uh, where you just kind of look around, you don't know where to turn, you feel kind of useless and you don't have much faith. And then, you know, God's just always there extending that olive branch and just got to grab it. You know what I'm saying? I just had to reach out and grab it. So it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, he's, God's blessed me like incredibly, um, in my life with my family and with the, the cool stories and moments and memories and just, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I just think, uh, position in your heart, hear his voice when you you know, yours is drowned. I think God's just always there and, you know, he's just, he's ready, man. He's ready for you. Mm, I love that. And so if one of our listeners out there, if, if you feel like you're near rock bottom or you're at rock bottom, um, just take this as an encouragement to you. Um, as the Brickster's talking here is, you know, when he hit rock bottom, he found God. And if you're in a place where you don't know who's there for you, um, God's there for you and he loves you and he's there and just, just reach out. Cause God's, God's chasing after you. He's there for you and he loves you. Um, and if, if you guys, um, you know, have a, have a church near you or people, you know, I encourage you to, to reach out to them and, um, see if you can talk to them. Um, so Ricky, I'm interested, you know, as a pro wrestler with this sort of character you've talked about as, you know, the Mr. Brickster or brick, um, and also being a husband, a father, is it tough for you to go from, you know, wearing one hat to another, um, are you kind of the same person at home as you are, you know, there, or how do you sort of manage that kind of that character yeah. built? Huh. So I'm kind of just me. And, and I think that's what kind of is the coolest part about it all. You know, when you meet Brickster, you meet me. Um, mm -hmm. Not saying that of course, Brickster's turned up 10,000, you know, on a, uh, on a daily basis, but um 
Yeah, I think balancing anything in life is difficult. I, I think there's so many distractions in this world. They're trying to fight for our attention, so we don't really focus on what's important to us. Mm. So, um, you know, staying focused on your family, focused on being a dad, focused on, you know, trying to pursue your career, focused on just, just trying to do what you should be doing is never easy and not, not this day and age. Um, but, um, I think what I do do to make sure I just constantly make sure that they're the priority. And I always kind of make sure that my wife's taking care of what she has. I'm with my boy all the time. So we're typically a okay. And yeah, man, it's, it's a lot. It's really a lot. And I just think making sure that you know what your priorities are, making sure they're a priority, making sure that she feels like my wife's my number one priority. Right. But I have a lot of stuff to do at times as far as wrestle this, that, and the other, but I got to make sure my wife always feels like she's that priority and is that priority. So I can go out and do the other stuff. Right. Because you don't ever want to take that stuff with you for a weekend or you know what it is like when you're just arguing or fighting or whatever the case might be with a spouse, with a girlfriend, something like when you're off at work or, you know, so like, you got to make sure that everything is taken care of because when you go, you go, you know, and like, and then you'll be back, (laughs) Um, you know, and our job is so, it's so imperative to us because we're artists and the canvas is, you know, is the, the, the ring is our canvas. So like when I go to plug into my work or I, I go plug in to tell a story or write a comic book for somebody, like I'm super invested in that because that is my art. That's what, you know, that's what I do. Um, so you got to make sure that you have everything tied up at home before you go out and do your work and you perform your art. Otherwise it seeps in and then you know how it is, man. You just, it gets exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I love, I love that sold out mentality. Like you're, you're an all in or all out kind of guy. Like that's just kind of the guy you, you are. Um, so I'll go ahead. What are you going to say? No, you just have to be right. I mean, if people are paying to see you or, you know, they're buying tickets as your entertainment, like you owe them that. So, you know, no matter if it's 10 people or 10,000 and I've wrestled in front of all different crowds, you know, you still got to go out there. You still got to perform and you got to give them what they paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no nights off. It's all, you're always in, you never know. You can be wrestling in front of 10 people and that one person might see you and he might change your life. You could wrestle in front of 50,000 and that one, might, one person might not be there. Mm-hmm. So the job is constantly showing up and you have to show up and being a wrestler is so it's just, it's demanding, man. Being a wrestler is demanding because there's no off time. You're constantly wrestling. You're constantly telling these stories. You have to be able to think while you're on your feet, be in shape to do it while do everything safely, while looking good doing it, mm-hmm. while doing it the right way, while making sure you do what you call. Like, there's just so many processes to it. And people don't, people think like we do a bunch of like practices and stuff, but like, <laughs> You just show up, talk to the guy, and go out and perform it. You know what I mean? This isn't, you know, dance class every week where you get a chance to study your routine. I mean, you just go out there and you do it, you know? So it's like, you got to be on, man, you know? And you don't ever want to hurt anybody, and, and you're constantly uh, – and that that's a cool point that I'm just going to throw in there. So, like, growing up, I did all these, like, 
whatever a friend or someone would betray me or I would tell someone something they would tell someone else. So like you, st- you start losing trust in the system. You lose trust in people. And then like, as you get older, you're like, oh, I'm never going to trust anybody. Right. <laughs> so wrestling taught me the exact opposite. Wrestling taught me to trust people from the jump because mm-hmm. I literally about to wrestle this dude and he literally could kill me. Like he could kill me if he doesn't move wrong. So I have to trust him to do it right. Otherwise I'm done. I don't even know the guy. I just showed up in Wisconsin and you know, there he is. And now we got what's an example of that. Taught me how to trust people. What's an example of that? Cause I've seen like some of even like I was on YouTube, just watching some of your matches and you, you do some crazy things, man. So what's an example of that? How would you just describe that to some of our listeners? I mean, just like, you know, when you go to cradle people and you go to give each other moves, like if you just t- tilt their neck wrong or you drop them wrong or something like that, like it could be really bad super quick. So mm-hmm. now what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you guys, I'm going to, I'm going to have you go run five miles. Then I want you to perform the moves. Mm-hmm. So like, that's the thing. Like you have to perform, perform all these crazy moves when you're at like a hundred miles an hour. So that's, that's what it, that's the hard part. It'd be one thing if we're like, okay, do this now, brother, take time, do this now, brother. No, dude, like you're, you, dude, you're in a sprint. So, you know, once you start getting towards the end, you're gassed, mm-hmm. you can't breathe. You, you don't have the energy. You don't have the strength. Like, so at any moment you could slip and just brain somebody like in a second, like easy. So you need to make sure that like, when all, when all the lights are on in the car and the car's about to blow up, you could still get to your next place. Like, you got to be able to get there no matter what. You can't blow up. So, um, so that's kind of the hard, that's the thing about wrestling that I really enjoyed. It's not saying that I trust completely everybody in the fact of, like, you know, I'm a very – I got good discernment. But when you go to wrestle people, you need to trust them from the jump from the get-go because you guys got to get through this together everyone's got to get out safely so um yeah it's just kind of a thing that i grew up you know learning with the wisdom of wrestling and just learning to trust people from the jump and regardless of what you've done in the in in the past and who you know wasn't loyal to you this that and the other it's okay things happen but don't let that affect the new people to trust yeah yeah wow that's so cool um and so you know, that it's a little bit of what, you know, maybe God has taught you, you know, through wrestling as a sport through over the years. Um, is there anything specific that you can think of that God's, you know, maybe been teaching you in like in this season, like, you know, whether the past year, the year has been crazy for a lot of people, like what's God been teaching you recently? Oh man. So like for me, um, the year hit, I had all this planned, you know, with the company and like, I was going to start really, really taking these leaps and bounds and all this and COVID hit. And it like puts such a, a wrench in the plan for everybody, for everything, you know, as far as any type of entertainment. Uh, but God still found ways to, to propel me. He found ways to kind of amplify my character. He found ways and projects for me to get involved in. So I didn't completely go ghost because a lot of times wrestlers go ghost because there's no work and you want to be talked about and you want to have stuff going on, you know, it's super important, just like anything. So um, I got the opportunity to uh, be a part of a couple, you know, great, great promotions uh, recently. I got the 
the opportunity to be a panelist on a new show called The Masked Wrestler, which is on IWTV, which is the biggest independent wrestling network in the world. So I'm a panelist there every Wednesday night. We have eight episodes. We just started airing them. So I found still ways to engage with my audience, to get some work, and to still be... Um, you know, talked about. Um, and that's just, that's just from God, you know, God just opened up some opportunity for me, this, that, and the other. because me and my wife always pray if the door is going to close, close it and open a new one wrestling to me, not to say that we've been okay with me doing something different, but our roots are up. And, and if something else opened up and it was apparent, you know, I'd walk through that door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of like the whole wrestling thing of the TV show, being a panelist is that the other typically I'm the wrestler, but they really enjoy my personality. They enjoy my past of doing reality TV. And that's kind of how I got that gig with IWTV. Um, so I'm just kind of just waiting for opportunities and shifts to happen. I'm trying to pivot if I got to pivot. This year I had to pivot quite a bit uh, just because of everything. So, you know, I just spent a lot of time with my boy. And, you know, um, <laughs> you can hear him. He's crazy. Perfect and, timing. Like, <laughs> I yeah, wonder where like, he gets that from. <laughs> so like you know it's just uh man you just move and shake man you got to move and shake no matter what's going on you can't you got to find a way to go forward um no matter what the climate is no matter what the pandemic is you got to find a way to move forward it's all about perspective and uh i've had we, we, we've had a great year i'm not gonna lie like i've 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 felt even though the year's been crazy the the year's been a big blessing in many ways. Yeah, cool. So you mentioned the masked wrestler and this new sort of you know TV show that you're a panelist on. Could you tell us just very briefly, you know, you know, a couple sentences like what is the masked wrestler? What does that show like? What what is it? Awesome. So uh, the masked wrestler is a spinoff of the masked singer, which is a pretty big show that came out the last two years. And what it is is a bunch of wrestlers that are fully covered in the wrestling. And the winner gets a shot at the independent uh, wrestling television championship, IWTV okay. championship. So that's like a big, huge title that our company carries. And with that title, you can carry it to all different promotions around the country. Now, right now, War Horse is our champion. He's awesome. He's great. Whoever wins this show has an opportunity at this championship. Mm. If you lose, you have to reveal who you are. So I'm mm. part of the panelists that guess who's underneath the mask when they lose. Gotcha. Um, so it's um, it's been good. It's a cool, creative, different way to view wrestling, to digest wrestling for viewers to see. And uh, it's been getting incredible press. Uh, Sports Illustrated just covered it. We did an interview for it. Um, Trying to think of the other ones, a couple other, uh, maybe Vogue magazine. A couple magazines did some stuff with it, which has been great. Um, And yeah, so it's been a really cool, uh, it was in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. I think that's where we filmed it, where the office is or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so... uh, (laughs) But it was a really cool uh, project. You know, hopefully if we get some steam, we'll do another season of it. And um, it's just, you know, it's just expanding. It's, it's making wrestling more than just, uh, you know, uh, a match in a ring. We're trying to bring an experience to the viewers where they can cool. actually enjoy it. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. And so also for our listeners, like where can they, where can they find you? Um, or where can they find, you know, this, this show, like how can they get connected? Yeah. So, uh, independent wrestling.tv is, uh, is where that TV show is airing that network right now. Um, you could find me at, uh, Mr. Brickster, um, at underscore Mr. Brickster, Twitter, uh, Mr. Underscore Brickster, uh, Instagram, um, Ricky Perillo, I do Facebook wise, but I just kind of keep it as family. Uh, but yeah, uh, I got my new shirt, uh, on IWTV, the brick believes edition, really cool, dope shirt, especially for Halloween. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based off the movie, the lost boys, the whole saxophone and, and that whole gimmick. <laughs> I, may, so. I may need to try to get my hands on one of those. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're sweet, bro. Um, you know, and I think, uh, we'll have shirts coming out soon as the rip city shooters, which is a group that I entered, uh, then a part of. Uh, out of AIW wrestling in Cleveland, Ohio. So hopefully we'll have one of those too soon, but, um, but yeah, man, that's where you could catch me right now. Uh, for sure. That's awesome. Well, Ricky, I, I think by far, you're probably one of the most entertaining guests that we've had on the podcast and you have an amazing story as well. Um, and as we close out, do you have any final thoughts and just words of encouragement for our listeners? Yeah, I just, I mean, I think it's super important that you remember that people don't remember what you say or do. They only remember how you make them feel. Um, you know, that's what I've learned in wrestling. It's not about what I'm saying or doing. It's about how I make people feel. And that's what they remember. That's what they hold on to. And we're all uh, educated. We're all smart, worthy enough to be able to do that to anybody. So you don't have to be a special kind of person to, um, to make people feel special, to make people feel like they have a purpose. And, you know, it's all about our story. That's all we have is a story. So when I tell people like this, my story, when it's all said and done, that's all I really have. And, and stories change people. So just always know that you got a voice, you have a story. And, you know, at any moment, it could be used to change others. Wow. So uh, just, just press on, man. Keep your eyes up and uh, make sure you have a good perspective about what's going on because there's a million, million blessings going on on a daily basis. But people just they struggle catching them because they don't pay attention. They don't have the energy to catch them. So, man, millions of blessings are passing by people daily. And you don't want to be the guy that, you know, is grouchy or grumpy or doesn't have the energy to catch them. So just constantly just position your heart, hear God's voice. And I just believe he will. Uh, make things so apparent that you can't miss them. Mm. So, Wow. That's, that's so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today, Mr. Brickster. It's been a honor and a privilege to meet you and get to talk with you. And I hope our listeners enjoyed this interview. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks bro. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today, Brickster. Bjorn, what were some of your thoughts of today? Man, that, that was a fun conversation. I loved it just hearing all about this industry and this job that, man, I honestly didn't know anything about this beforehand. Right. And I think the, the biggest thing that was most fascinating to me was him talking about how much he's needed to learn how to trust others, mm. especially when he doesn't even know them very well. 
Right. Like, you know, talking about safety in the ring, it's like if he doesn't trust his, you know, the person he's wrestling with or, you know, performing with to do what they've said they're going to do and the way they're going to do it, then somebody could get seriously injured. And right. man, what a, like, what a life lesson that is about how to, you know, how to trust people and how to, you know, I'm sure that has, you know, played a huge role in his life as a father and as a totally. husband and all of that. So that was one of my biggest takeaways that I thought was just fascinating. Mm. I never even thought of that, of the relationship between one wrestler and another when they're in the ring. Mm. But so cool. What about you, Noah? What were some of the things that stood out to you? Yeah, I know in the beginning of each episode, I usually say to our guests, hey, take notes because mm. you never know what, what can come out of it. And man, I, I'm so glad that I've started to do that with almost all our guests now because man, Brickster had a lot of great quotes. And, and for me, I think uh, there was a few that stuck out. I think. So if you don't have your notebook, grab it now. And grab it up. now. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. When he just dove in just to his name, it's so unique. Mm. You know, the Brickster, you know, he started out like saying with Legos. And then he said this, he said, it's, it's a larger than life character. It's about bringing people together, much like Legos, no matter if it's shapes, size, or colors, when we come together, we build great things. Mm. And man, that, that's such a needed word for now, mm. you know? And, and for him, I easily, easily one of our most entertaining guests that we'll probably have of the year. Yeah. But he's such, he's a good guy. You know, he also talked about, you know, when he comes on, that's who he is. You know, you know, you asked a good question, Bjorn, of how do you balance that? Mm. You know, and for him, he handled that well. He was just saying, you know, I'm just me, man. You know, like that's such a good point about like his name and him being himself. Right. When I, you know, to be honest and throw no shade at Mr. Brickster, but when I see wrestlers, when I see wrestling on TV, it's not my cup of tea. It's not what I like to watch. I don't, you know, care for that and when I see it I'm like oh a bunch of yahoos like what are these guys doing but to hear how he's taken this platform this opportunity that God's given him and said I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to bring people together no matter the shape of the brick no matter the color of the brick no matter what this brick's purpose is we can bring them together and build something meaningful Mm -hmm. and seeing how he's doing that and not that he's doing that as a job, but that's just who he is. Like, you know, I asked, okay, how'd you create Mr. Brickster? Like you said, it's like, Oh, that's just me, dude. Like, that's just who I am. And it's like, man, I love that. Why can't we all be who we are and Mm. use who we are to glorify God and like, like how he's doing and shining a light in this dark place. Absolutely. And I think just the way he finished, I think it's so good. I, he said, people will not always remember what you say or what you do, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Mm. And, and for them, he, that's so applicable not only for his industry, yeah. but even for our listeners. How, how are you going to be remembered of how you made others feel? You know, yeah. and that's it's, it's such a sobering question for me and, and for everybody listening. So, yeah, I think that's that's the way to finish that that conversation. Yeah, so, for sure. So, yeah, thank you for joining us today, Brixter, and yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Next week, everybody, we're keeping the wrestling theme alive. You do not want to miss next week's interview with an Olympic gold medalist. Yes, the best wrestler currently in the world, Jordan Burroughs, an incredible guy, amazing testimony. We interviewed him and his wife, Lauren. Lauren is also from Buffalo, New York, and she worked at the Buffalo News. The both of them have an amazing faith journey. This is one I highly encourage to check out and share with a friend. Here's an excerpt. When I had the medal placed around my neck, that was the first gold medal, Olympic gold medal I had ever seen was the one that was placed upon my neck. Wow. And hopping off the podium, I was just like, man, like life 
has changed. Like as I know it, like my life will never be mm-hmm. the same again. Um, so unique, mm. unique position. But I remember getting off of the podium, going through this whirlwind media tour, then hopping on a flight straight from London to LAX to be on the Jay Leno show. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you want to connect with us and see what God is doing through other of our ministries and never miss an episode, you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports and on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod. Just remember, until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. 